Oh no! It's 1984 and I'm a teenager and my parents forgot my birthday! The following podcast, whatever that is, contains spoilers for 16 Candles! You've been warned! What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFI News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Happy Birthday, Magusto. Uh, it's not my birthday. It's, it's not your birthday. It's but been it felt right. like almost six months away from my birthday. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I guess it did feel right. But uh, how, are you, how are you doing, Glenn? How's, how's your uh, two months after your birthday going? Oh, my gosh. Two whole months. It, it, it's been extravagant. Two Nothing months closer to 30. Yep. Uh, it's nothing that I wish for happened, and you know, I'm just everlastingly crying because I'm so old now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How just do you think sad I feel? moments. Uh, older. I'm okay with it. I I'm just waiting to die, essentially. <laughs> so eventually we all are. <laughs> eventually are. But you know, before death happens, we got to fill our time with something. Mm-hmm. And you and I, me more mm-hmm. so, but sometimes you choose to fill it with movies. What movies have you watched That's... this week that you want to discuss? Uh, Oh, man, do I want to talk about it. Uh, two movies. Uh, one we're about to talk about. Two we did a video on. Joke's on me. Go ahead. Mine is <laughs> uh, I had a light week. Uh, I watched 15 movies. Um, I, you know, you're not even <laughs> surprised always, anymore what I say. I'm always just <laughs> expecting it as soon as you say light week to just actually be a light week. And then <laughs> 10 seconds after you say it, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he, you know, he was joking me. So I've been trying to, I've, I've been doing the Thousand One Movies videos and everything. We have company coming at the end of March, so I got to like cram everything in to the first mm-hmm. part because they're going to be sleeping in the movie room. Oh, no. They're going to have a place to watch things. Uh, but the first one I watched was a rewatch, The Theory of Everything, a movie about mm-hmm. Stephen Hawking with Eddie Redmayne and Felicity Jones. Uh Pretty good movie. I I, I like it. Uh, uh, then I watched a uh, that was for a thousand one movies. Most of mm. these are for the thousand one movies you must see before you die. Um, then I watched a, a documentary, which is part of thousand one movies, called Night and Fog. It is a Holocaust movie made in nineteen fifty six. Holocaust documentary with actual footage. And holy shit! No, Anyone no. who doesn't give this a five star rating is probably a Nazi. I'm just saying it. So most likely Hitler themselves. Hitler themselves, because it is a very impactful documentary. You know, I knew the Holocaust was bad, mm-hmm. and I knew a lot of things were bad. But just seeing like the images of it, which is hard. Like if you don't, if you got a weak stomach, you probably shouldn't watch it. But I also feel like it should be required viewing for everyone, so it never happens again. Yeah. Um, but it's an incredible documentary. Very sad, very tragic. Um, yeah, it's it's a great, great documentary. And I just wish that those events did not occur so it wouldn't exist. Yeah. You know, other way around. I, well, yeah, I wish it didn't exist because the events didn't occur is what I'm trying to say. A hundred percent. That would be a, a preferable situation. Uh, then I followed that up with some lighter fare with Superfly, which is a black exploitation movie from 1972. Uh, it's like a noir film. It's not like uh, the ones that Black Dynamite was making fun of, yeah. where it's like campy and everything. This is like a serious drama noir film, mm-hmm. just with a pimp as the uh, 
the I, I don't know if he's a pimp. He de- he's As definitely it a drug almost dealer. Should be. <laughs> he's definitely a drug dealer. I don't think he de- deals with prostitution at all. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, he does. He he specifies that he does. They just never show it. <laughs> so yeah, it, it follows a pimp, and it's a noir following a pimp who's trying to get out of being a pimp. Uh, and it's very interesting, very well made for being a low budget black exploitation movie in 1972. Can't mm-hmm. recommend it enough. It's called Superfly. There is a remake of it. Uh, that came out a few years ago that is probably not as good. So I would just say watch the 1972 one. There you go. Uh, then I rewatched Don't Look Now, which is a horror movie from 1973 with Donald Sutherland and uh, Julia Christie. Um, it takes place in Venice, Italy. Uh, mm-hmm. Good film. Then I watched Lolita, directed by Stanley Kubrick. Uh, which is a very controversial movie because the, uh, you know, the infamous man known as Jeffrey Epstein, who definitely did not kill himself or did kill himself, whatever the government mm-hmm. wants me to say, but I don't believe it for a second. Um, <laughs> we did have cue cards. Who knows where they are? <laughs> he, uh, he named his private jet that he would fly people to, like, the pedophile island after mm-hmm. this movie, uh, Lolita, and it's apparently, like, a slang term used among uh, pedophiles. Um for a promiscuous young woman. Uh, and this movie, I, I think it's the kind of movie that you're going to get from it what you're looking for. Yeah. Where I, I watched it looking for like a, a kind of satire making fun of pedophiles and kind of pointing out the hypocrisy of them and showing just how sad they are, how disgusting and sad they are. And that's what it is. If you watch it like that, it's good. But if you watch it looking to be angry and looking to see a glorification of pedophilia, I can very well see you seeing it that way as well. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I understand the controversy, but I did not agree with how most people view it. Uh, it's kind of funny at parts, but I do think they could have hit certain things a little bit harder. Um, then I rewatched Joker. It's Joker. It's a good movie. You should watch Joker. Then I watched on the thousand one. It is on the thousand one movies you must see before you die. Uh, I mean, I think the last 20 minutes alone make it worth it. The last 20 minutes are fantastic. You would think Uh, they would put like Comedy King on there or something or King of Comedy. comedy? Yeah. Uh, Comedy King. (laughs) I I would hope so. But uh, uh, then I watched Lara, uh, which is a, a noir film from 1944 about this detective who is falling in love with the idea of the woman whose death he is investigating mm-hmm. uh it's it's well made but i hate every character in it and it's kind of annoying and it's also <laughs> it's also super obvious who the murderer is from the very first scene yeah so it's just it takes out all the suspense from it and i honestly don't understand how anyone would think that this is a mystery because it is so incredibly obvious who it is from the get <laughs> oh i mysteriously don't know who it's going to be it, yeah it's one of those movies like it's well made but it's there is no mystery to it because it's so obvious uh mm-hmm. then i watched the batman we have a uh, uh review for that on our youtube then i rewatched the new west side story because caitlin and i are trying to watch all the oscar movies for mm-hmm. her because I've already seen them all, so I don't really need to. Uh, then I rewatched Star Wars on the Thousand One Movies You Must See Before You Die. Then I watched Demolition Man with uh, Sylvester <laughs> Stallone and um, oh god, what's his name? Wesley uh, Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Fucking hilarious. Yeah. Such a great, fun, stupid action movie. The fact that they like in this utopia forgot the word murder and replaced it with murder, death, kill. The fucking. <laughs> 
dumbest thing I've ever heard of, but it's so dumb it's brilliant. I love they, it. So they forgot the word for murder, but the word for their murder it's has murder, murder death in kill. it. <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid. I love how stupid it is. And every restaurant, including fancy ones, is a Taco Bell. Beautiful. It's brilliant. It's so stupid. I can't tell you how stupid it is. <laughs> it's wonderful how stupid it is. Uh, then I rewatched The Empire Strikes Back. You know, Star Wars. All Pretty much all the old Star Wars movies are in there. Yeah. Um, old from like the 70s and 80s, not the prequels. Uh, then I watched Six and Candles. We'll get into that in a second. Then I rewatched Batman because it's just, you know, maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. Maybe I hate rewatched it. It's moy oomph. Oh. You're going to have to watch our video review to see how I feel about it, even though I rewatched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then today I rewatched Return of the Jedi. Tonight I'm probably going to watch Force Awakens because that's also in the Thousand One movies. I think that was a hopeful Force Awakens edition. is in there? I think it was a hopeful addition because it was probably added the year it came out when everyone was hopeful about the future Star Wars. Yeah. So I, I have, you know, if you want to know what I have to say about that, watch my April episode of uh, uh, Cinema Bucket List. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is all I watched, you know, just those few films. Just a couple. So let's get into 16 Candles. So, I mean, what's the story? I mean, you got a guy or? Yes, three big ones and they less went blood. Her name is Samantha Baker, and today is her 16th birthday. Fred, she's gotten her boobies. Oh, <laughs> I'd better go get my magnifying glass. They forgot my birthday. Classic. This is the single worst day of my entire life. Universal Pictures presents... <laughs> Score, a direct hit. 16 Candles. You say it's your birthday. It's my mother too. A girl's sweet 16th birthday becomes anything but special as she suffers from every embarrassment possible. Directed by John Hughes, written by John Hughes, uh, stars Molly Ringwald, Anthony Michael Hall, uh, Justin Henry, Michael uh, Schofling, mm-hmm. uh, Haviland Morris, a whole lot of people in there, John and Joan Cusack as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as I had stated before, this was one of those, you know, John Hughes movies that I had wanted to kind of get around to watching. Um, and here we are with, with, you know, the platform to do that on. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, uh, right off the bat, Joan Cusack is such a sweetheart. <laughs> she is. She doesn't have a single line in this movie. No. Nope. But my God, does she steal the scene every time she's in it? Yep, she it's, just a lot of mm-hmm, and just like nodding and stuff like yeah, that. And, and that's really all she can do. Wearing a neck brace. <laughs> yep, just that's the first thing I I texted you as soon as I started the movie. Like, yeah, Joan Cusack's a, just a treasure. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually interested in to see because you know normally we uh, agree on most films, but I'm interested to see what you think about this. Uh, I have a lot of gripes with this movie. My biggest gripe, well, it's not my biggest one. It's one of the larger ones in. Uh, mass and weight and all that uh it Mm -hmm. is i don't know why i said it that way but (laughs) the fact that they have actual teenage actors playing alongside like the trope of like 30 year olds playing teenagers yeah it makes it so unbelievable that they're all in high school at the same time that it's it's just it's super weird um it's weird you have like a 15 year old Michael Anthony Hall date raping <laughs> a 27 a year old uh, Blanche Baker. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Who, assumedly, like at most, was probably 17 or, or like no, 18 sorry. playing the character. Haviland Morris. Haviland there, Morris yeah. is the one. Assumedly, she was like maybe 17 or 18 
as the character in this, and she had a nude scene in the showers, which was quite. I was I was flabbergasted. I must say, I'm like, oh, it is what? a PG movie. This was made before PG thirteen movies existed. Yep. Nudity even now is not in many PG thirteen movies, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, I really don't think they would have nudity of an implied teenager uh, in a movie. Yeah, that is PG thirteen. I, I was definitely taken aback by that that shower scene. Like, uh, mm, she's supposed to be yeah. 16, 17, 18, be, maybe. Yep. I was like, yep. oh. uh, movie did not. Uh, I had no idea that it it kind of didn't age well, but it's a lot of scenes, not a lot, but like a good chunk of scenes, uh, did not age well as yeah. far as you know our standards now. A lot of uh, slurs thrown around. A lot of. Uh, F slurs being slurred around. R, R slurs. Words, yeah. uh, it's <laughs> uh, Asian, um, you know. Uh, Stereotypes, dong, yeah. L- dong, long, duck, long, long duck dong. Long um, duck dong. Now, F- while most of the jokes about him like just made me roll my R's. Yeah. Or, my R's. <laughs> God. Made me roll my eyes. I don't. I, I can't even roll my R's. Why did that come out of my mouth? <laughs> I can't do that. M- many of the the racist jokes about him made me roll my eyes. But any time that they said his name and you heard a gong, for some yeah. reason, that just made me laugh. I don't know, like, if that would be found. It's probably found offensive a little bit, but it's also like, I don't know. It's I was laughing probably a little bit offense, offensive, yeah. but he he was great in it. Yeah. I mean, he—I don't know how much Notably, actual fun uh, he was a having. A Japanese but... actor, Getty Watanabe, mm-hmm. uh, playing a Chinese man. You know, not that. Uh, I—I don't know if that would be a problem today or not. I feel like that probably happens every now and then. Um, what the Asian stereotype role? Well, no, just a Japanese person playing a Chinese oh, yeah. person, or you know, I, I don't know how. I was like, oh it, well, that would be that. a pretty big problem. <laughs> yeah, as long as a white person doesn't play them, I'm not sure. Yeah, how how it's taken, uh, but it's I found this movie just incredibly annoying with both how it doesn't age well with like the laughing off of rape and everything and and, mm-hmm. and all that. And the racism and and, and everything, um, but it's just a more than any other John Hughes movies. It's just a whiny teenager. And yes, yeah. I would be upset if my family forgot my birthday too. But like, she's acting like it's the end of the world. I had uh, I had texted you at basically the beginning of the movie. I was like, watch it just not even be her birthday, and that she's just being a bitch for no reason. Yeah, maybe accidentally trying to get like the attention off of her sister's wedding that is happening, basically almost at the same time mm-hmm. of this whole movie, um, and uh, I was wrong. I uh, will say a little disappointed that I was wrong. I will also say, but like even a good chunk of the movie didn't have anything to do with her. <laughs> like it had characters to do around her, like, but like not her at all being the main character like it had things to do with like the the geek uh not love interest to her mm-hmm. uh who's played by uh michael hall anthony and michael hall anthony michael hall so i apologize for that first name i should mm-hmm. say it faster um <laughs> and then the guy who played jake ryan there for a little bit which was her love interest but you know it, then he like he literally set up uh a you know kind of a rape in a way even though the yeah. chick was cool with it 
Yeah, I mean, which is weird. It's really that, bad that's for the him. Thing about, <laughs> that's the thing about eighties movies is so many eighties movies have the joke where like a chick gets raped and then she's fine with it. Yeah, like Revenge of the Nerds has it. Uh, uh, Breakfast Club has it. She's not fine with it immediately, but I'm pretty sure she starts liking the guy at the end. Yeah, uh, but hundred percent at the end of the day, Jake Ryan's a piece of shit. <laughs> Yeah. And there's there's no denying that in any way. Yeah. I mean, like, I was on his side because Caroline was kind of a bitch at first. Yeah. And then when he was just like, oh, yeah, you could do whatever you want with her. I'm like, uh, th- that's not for you to say, sir. Yeah. Yeah. That she's, is not for she's, you to she's say. She's all out of this atmosphere. You can just, you know, take the UFO. Go for it. It's yeah, all yours. I was just like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. Uh, poor women in the 80s. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say is just. It's yeah. hard, hard out there for a pimp. <laughs> we've, come, we've, come a, we've come a long way for sure. We have come a long way. Uh, yeah, we can only go further from here. But yes, yeah, it, this was this was not the movie I was expecting it to be. I didn't have as like bad of, of a time as you did. Like, you know, maybe the the Joan Cusack moments got me out of it a little bit. But oh, uh, yeah, like they, it, they it got had me its, out of it. It had its moments, like when it wasn't doing all the you know parts that you know, weren't good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it to kind of reach you out of the, like, uh, um, but like even, you know, even, uh, Sam's character, like didn't have much to like about her other than her just being a depressed teen because it's her birthday and nobody wished her a happy birthday in her family. Yeah. And then, I don't know. It was all weird. I could, could have cared less for Sam almost the whole time yeah uh, same here. jake's a piece of shit geek's weird like also good a for piece him. of shit because he's the one also that a piece of shit took good. advantage of caroline yeah like glad glad she liked him in the end but also yeah, yeah. that was the luckiest he rolled a 20 on the die there <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, D rules yeah but uh yeah this this was this movie was not what i expected yeah uh, this it, is it's it's this movie in Pretty in Pink is what I kind of get confused with a lot. I was actually just talking to John Clark about it, and he got mm-hmm. them confused while we were talking. He was talking about yeah. Michael Anthony Hall and called him Ducky. I'm like, Ducky is John Cryer in Pretty in Pink, and I haven't yeah. seen Pretty in Pink. I just know that because like I I, I want to watch Pretty in Pink. Like that's that was another oh, one. Oh God, please! But no. I keep. Well, it probably won't be on the you know future yeah. thing, but I'll probably watch it on my own. Uh, but I, I I'm curious like how much more I'd like it than this because I yeah. I'm sure it's got its moments because it was written by John Hughes um, where it might not, you know, stand up to today's standards. But yeah, I, I'm sure it's got to be a better movie than this, even well, though this has a seven and the other one's got a six point eight. I think his six point seven. This is his worst writing that I've seen any of any of his movies. I mean, mm-hmm. all of his movies. And I'm I'm chalking this up to just being the 80s. Most of yeah. his movies are problematic in one way or another. Uh, unfortunately, I do think that that was just the culture of the '80s, which is a, a fucking shame. Mm-hmm. But this, like, just the dialogue in this was just horrible. It was just was. I know he's known for like writing things fast, yeah. But usually he delivers like a quality, somewhat of of yeah. a quality, at least something that you can connect with. But I didn't connect with anyone in this. I I, yeah. I just. You know, and the I'm person curious. I connected most with was the dad, yeah. uh, Jim Baker. Because, you know, the like one he, grandpa that laughed at every dad joke, too. Oh, yeah. But like her her dad, like 
you could tell he actually felt bad about missing her birthday, mm-hmm. uh, which leads me to like after all that bitching she did. She was oddly like just acknowledging it. I didn't buy that she would be the kind of daughter to just be okay once he acknowledged it. Yeah, like she leading up to it. Not saying that that's not the right thing to happen. If if you're yeah. in that situation, that is the right thing to happen. People make mistakes. Yes, that is a huge mistake to forget your kid's birthday. But your other kid's getting married the next day. You got other things on your mind. But it she also was, would have would have been better if, like, in some sort of way, she was like, "Oh, maybe I am being too hard on these guys." But no, she went home still kind of pissed off. I mean, geek. At that so, point, just bring it up. Yeah, like if they it, obviously forgot your birthday, just bring it up. Milk like geek that and her shit. had a conversation, but like it wasn't like a meaningful enough conversation for her to be like, you know, maybe I was being too hard on everybody. No, he was, like, trying to force kiss her, and then, like, you know, they had a little talk, but that was was weird. Again, yeah, that moment moment with her and her dad was nice, but, like, other than that, you know, she kind of just caved in as soon as he was like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. (laughs) Like, they didn't even make plans to do something another time, which I Mm -hmm. think would have been, like, for how she acted the whole time, would have been the the bridge to healing would have been like, Hey, I know we forgot it. Hey, next week we'll go to dinner wherever you want. We'll do whatever you want on mm-hmm. this particular day done. But you know, just saying, Oh yeah, we forgot your birthday. Sorry about that. Yeah. Then the mom, uh, for was how she like, was acting was not enough. Uh, you were trying to tell me and, you, and mom, it's fine. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Then that was that. It, like the whole purpose of the movie was just, yeah, just over just like and done with after yeah. that. Just like, Oh, it's fine. Oh, okay sister's wedding oh she's absolutely pilled out of her mind got mm-hmm. it intoxicated women in these movies i'm sorry ladies <laughs> what For was real. going on <laughs> well i mean she was only getting married after six months so yeah i would need some kind of drug too to go go through with that um crazy wild yeah it, the whole movie is just a whole bunch of cringe and I'm, um, I'm curious as to if this movie's just big because it's a john hughes movie and it was in the 80s, and, you know, he was a big big guy back then. Uh, well, this was before he really blew up. Because he uh, had uh, National Lampoon's Vacation before this. Yeah. But before that, I don't think he directed that. I think he just wrote that. Yeah, this was his directorial debut. Um, so he probably didn't blow up until this movie, 16 Candles. But, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely weak. Um, who knew that? the geek would go from uh, date raping uh, Caroline <laughs> to fighting Michael Myers 40 years later. Yeah. It's evil dies tonight. 40 years ago. <laughs> Always back to that movie. Of uh, course. But yeah, it's just, it's not a good movie in my opinion. Uh, yeah. I honestly, even with the not aging well, I don't think I would have liked it if I was a completely ignorant person or living in the eighties or whatever. Uh, it's just, the writing itself is just bad. Maybe if I wasn't into film, I would like it, but like it's bad yeah. writing. It's very cringy writing. I, uh, you know. I, I was generous. I gave it a two and a half, you know, just because like, two. just cause like, the, like the, like I said before, there's, there's tiny moments where the parts, you know, aren't aged well, like the moments in between the, the parts that don't age well, it was were nice enough for me to be like okay yeah i guess yeah. i guess i enjoyed it enough you know but i'm i'm definitely not going above that yeah. at the slightest anytime the geek wasn't trying to rape someone it was he was funny 
Yeah. But he was trying to rape someone. Honestly, he was a good character besides all of those stupid flaws that yeah. were just written in. Yeah. And that's, you know, I almost bit my tongue saying that, but, you know, for the <laughs> most part, other than his shitty, you know, character flaws that were written for him, the other half of him was actually, for the most part, entertaining at least. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't have too much more to say. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say either. So uh, I guess that brings us to the judgment. As always, it has mm-hmm. to be unanimous decision whether or not goes on the the, the K of our shelf. Jesus Christ. With the likes of Apostle <laughs> and Handmaiden. Uh, Glenn, this was your pick, so you get to go first. Does uh, it go on the K of our shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden? Indubitably, it does not go on the uh, shelf. Interesting yeah. watch. Uh, you know, I'm glad I finally got around to watching it, you know. Pretty and Pretty and Pink's up next, but uh, yeah. this this one does not make it. I feel like uh, we're gonna piss off a lot of Gen Xers with this, but guess what, Gen X, you got shitty taste in movies. Yes, all I you know. guys talk about is eighty movie, eighties movies, and eighties movies aren't really that good, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Nineties movies aren't either. Like, yeah, we had Sorry, twenty guys. years, twenty years of shit from eight from nineteen eighty. Listen, just because your fashion's coming back doesn't mean this gives you high hopes. The worst fashion too. <laughs> Gen Z, mullets do not look good. Why did you have to do good. mullets? Mullets do not look good. You're going to look back at yourself and just be like, wow, we were fucking idiots. Because guess mm. what? People <laughs> already did that before you. Anyway, I don't care if I sound old saying that. That's <laughs> I sound old and young at the same time because I hate 80s movies. I think they're mostly bullshit. You have yep. good ones like Back to the Future and the Star Wars movies and Goonies and whatnot. But like most of their movies are shit. Uh, and then Gen Z is just, uh, you know, I hope they don't die in World War Three. That's all I'm going to say. For sure. <laughs> so 16 Candles does not make it on to what the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. That brings us to our assignment for next week. It is Streaming Roulette Week. Yes. Ooh. The Magical for Beast. For those of you who don't know. Streaming Roulette is a very real wheel with every single movie on every streaming platform that we have access to. Mm-hmm. And we spin it three times. The very giant wheel. We spin it three times. Huge. And we pick the one that is most enticing out of those three. So without any further ado, here comes the first spin. <gasps> Umberto D. That's going to be on HBO Max. Umberto, as in the name, U-M-B-E-R-T-O, D, from 1952. Uh, on... HBO Max, by the way. Yep. Uh, an elderly man and his dog struggle to survive on his government pension in Rome. It is directed by Vittorio De Sica, written by Cesar Zavattini, and starring Carlo Battisti, Maria Pia Casillo, uh, Lina Gennari, and Eliana, Eliana Samova. Uh, if any of those were supposed to be rolled... I can't do it, so just deal with it. You just can't. Yeah, it is 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb, and it is available on uh, HBO Max. That's what we said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that is Umberto D. Spin number two. Here we go. Apollo 11. It is oh, a documentary. Yeah? I have seen this documentary, which is compiled of stock footage from when Apollo 11 uh, shot. It is... Uh, it's on Hulu or Disney Plus. It's on one of those. I'm not signed in on my computer, but it's definitely available on one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So let's see. A look at Apollo 11 mission to land on the moon led by Commander Neil Armstrong and pilots Buzz Aldrin and Michael Collins, directed by Todd Douglas Miller, and his archive footage of Neil Armstrong, Michael Collins, Buzz Aldrin, Deke Slayton, and a bunch of other people. Uh, documentary. I've seen it already, but still, it's one of the picks. And here we go to spin number three. Equilibrium. <laughs> Equilibrium from 2002, which is on Hulu and HBO Max. Uh, in an oppressive future where all forms of feeling are illegal, a man in charge of enforcing the law rises to overthrow the system and state. Directed and written by Kurt v Wimmer or Vimmer. I think it's Vimmer, Kurt Vimmer. Uh, starring Christian Bale, Sean Bean, Emily Watson, and Tay Diggs. Uh, also, Tom Dominic Purcell. And William Fincher is in there. And Angus McFadden. And other people that you'll be like, oh, it's that guy. Um, so that is on HBO Max and Hulu. That's what you said, right? Hulu? Yep. So those are our choices. Two movies I've already seen and then one I haven't. Have you seen Equilibrium? Uh, I was actually going to say I had been uh, kind of wanting to see this one. Okay. You know, since, you know, the last 20 years. <laughs> um, and then, of course, uh, Umberto D sounds actually pretty enticing, and it's got a high score as well. It does. I don't know if I can deal with a dog dying, though, if that happens. Uh, yeah, that is true. The dog. It says his dog struggle. Struggle I, to survive. You know how I two. reacted when I saw that dog swimming in the flooded streets of Gotham? Yeah, that was, uh, it's, it's Spoiler tough Spoiler alert? Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, honestly, between the two. I mean, you have seen Equilibrium, I'm assuming. I can tell is you this, Apollo 11 is great and everyone should ch uh, check it out. It's going to be very difficult to talk about, though, so I don't think we'll pick that one. Yeah. But it is very, a very good documentary, so mm -hmm. check out Apollo 11. And... We did just see the Batman. How, you know, how nice would it be to, you know, back it up with Equilibrium talking we can, about? We can watch Equilibrium. I've, I, out of, I, I mean, and I'm honestly, I'm curious if the dog does die in, in, uh, do dog die? <laughs> do dog die in Umberto D? Is that a spoiler? It, it would be, but I wouldn't say it out loud. Yeah. I think Equilibrium would be a better thing to talk about. And honestly, I rem hmm. I've seen it. I know I've seen it. I remember some of it, but I don't remember much of it. So it'd be interesting to rewatch. Uh, I'm going to head and put Umberto D on my list of to watch regardless. Okay, but I yeah, think Equilibrium would be a would be a the the move here. You know, it'd be a better podcast if we're honest. Yeah, it just would be. So, yeah, I'm I feel gonna like add. We've been doing a lot of you know classic movies lately, and then rom coms as well. We've been doing a lot of well. ones where people are just like what? Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, so the Umberto D is going on the watch list, but we are gonna choose Equilibrium, which is available on HBO Max. And did you say Hulu too? I'm pretty sure I said Hulu. Okay, it's definitely on HBO Max at least. Yeah. Do this. You cannot do this. There's nothing we can't do. It's real. Burn it. Cleric, I can only hope one day to be as uncompromising as you. 
You're a family man. Yes, sir, a boy and a girl. So Equilibrium is our choice for next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, you can check out our website, www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we are Keystone underscore film underscore review. Twitter, Keystone underscore film. Facebook, Keystone Film Review. YouTube, Keystone Film Review. TikTok, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I'm Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we watch a movie that some people hate because it's like the matrix and some people love because it's like the matrix and some people hate the matrix because it's a lot like this even though it came (laughs) out three years before but is this based on a book no not according to this so who knows who knows i know this is this came out after equilibrium or after Mm -hmm. the matrix it came out after itself oh my god damn it is the matrix oh goodbye everybody bye-bye no